welcome to Freaky Fauna Friday, where every Friday we take a little time and explore some of the freaks of nature from around the planet we cherish so deeply. So please, jump aboard and let's explore the wilds together. Hey guys, welcome back to Freaky Fauna Fridays. I'm the great and I'm just the great mystery today. Huh. And I'm just Jay today. Ah, uh, what a wonderful welcome back Friday. Let's talk. Oh, about a predator. Oh no. Something that kills animals by the millions every year. Oh no. A fearsome carnivore. This is getting scary spooky. Bent on destruction. This is freaky fauna, not scary fauna, Friday. <laughs> oh, it's freaky. Okay. The harp sponge. A sponge? Yeah. All that for a sponge? <laughs> no, so yeah, a carnivorous sponge. Ooh, a harp sponge? Harp sponge. Okay, I like the instrument. Now, I'm, yeah, I'm going to try to explain what this thing looks like, but I suggest you, everybody at home just types in harp sponge. As long as you're not driving. Like, don't be driving. Like, right, when you get if, home later, just look at a harp sponge. If you just happen to be, you know. Okay, so imagine, like, a little tiny tree. Okay. That forms an X in its branches. Like, right on top, that's the only branches. It's got four branches, and it's like two, it's like an X. Okay. And from that becomes the, all these giant harp strings going straight up. Ooh. And those strings are sticky. Sticky? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, sp- like Spider-Man's webs? Yeah, kind of. It's, it, it's a web. Uh, it's the, t- the feeding tendrils of the sponge. Mm, okay. So it gets a bunch of little animals stuck to it. Mm. But there's recently a couple new species discovered about these carnivores, and they're bringing questions to what we think about life. These look like uh, aliens. So, so a lot of deep sea sponges do. Yeah, ancient. It's just they look very odd. Like we've talked about on the other show with the bloop, maybe a giant form of sponge. Sponge, yeah. Wouldn't that be nuts? Because people, you get the idea. And there's giant colander sponges and stuff like that, where they they're very stationary. These guys can move, and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not extremely big. Yeah, our widest one we've uh, discovered is two foot across and about sixteen to eighteen inches tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know about medium house plant size. Okay. You yeah, know, not not, big, not massive, big, but not, yeah. you know, and these are animals. Sponges are animals. Right. Which people seem to forget a lot. Remember SpongeBob SquarePants. Like, mm-hmm. just keep that in mind. They are. He would have ate Mr. Krabs. He's a lot. <laughs> what, SpongeBob? Mm-hmm. Or the harp sponge? SpongeBob is a harp sponge. No, he's not. I he just looks nothing like that. What? Do you think he looks like a real sponge he's supposed to be? He looks more like an actual sponge than a harp sponge. Uh, but no, Patrick would have ate SpongeBob. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, these guys are found anywhere from three thousand three hundred to three thousand five hundred meters below that's, the surface. Okay, it's pretty deep. You want to know that in feet? Um, probably like ten nine to ten thousand feet. Uh, ten thousand five hundred to eleven thousand five hundred. That's close. Okay, so pretty deep. Uh, they pretty much consistently love muddy sea floors because they have what would be considered, from a simple biological understanding, as legs that they kind of crawl along with. Okay. And they need to put that in the mud. They're not extremely strong. Uh, their diet is almost exclusively small crustaceans. So they're not filter feeders. It's weird. They're, they're passive feeders. So a lot of sea anemones and these sponges and stuff like that are catching food that's swimming around their tentacles. So right. they can still kind of grab, but they're not going great distances to ca- catch and hunt food. Okay. So uh, the P- Northwest Pacific Ocean is where these guys are found. And there's just a little blurb about them. These are a pretty new discovery. Oh, really? Actually understanding what they are. 
they've been seen for a while, but it's really hard to bring up deep sea specimens and really without them exploding. Right, and even just seeing what they look like below the surface as opposed to... Yeah, like the blobfish. It was like the blobfish is disgusting looking. And if you look at them <laughs> when they're down there, they look nothing, nothing like that. Nothing like that. It, they look like a fish. <laughs> but when they come up, they look like all sad. A blobfish and... looks like a fish. If, if, if the squonk was a fish, it's the blobfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there's nothing more angelic about this co- or covert predator. Covert predator. Most sponges are simply filter feeders. When they eat small plankton and bacteria that are filtered from the surrounding waters, which they pump through their bodies. But in 2012, scientists on the researcher Voyager on the coast of Northern California discovered a species of sponge with small hooks along its vertical branches to entrap and devour large, more nutrient-dense prey, like small crustaceans. These sponges' elegant structures, which likely evolved to maximize the surface area available to snaring food, inspire scientists to name this carnivorous deep-sea predator the harp sponge. The harp sponge is not uh, the first carnivorous sponge scientists have ever discovered in the deep sea, although the remains uh, are expected among these sponges are very unique. The feeding strategy is the more efficient uh, for animals adapted to food-poor deep sea environments, while filter feeders cost or yeah cost uh, valuable energy. Mm, Okay. There is still a lot more to learn about these sponges, and they seem to thrive in extremely stable environments of flat, muddy sea floors and relatively narrow depth range. Activities in the deep sea mining could disturb these remote areas and the species lives in. We just don't know. Right, yeah. So we don't know how vulnerable they are. Uh, they're kind of at a really bad spot. They're deep and they're... Well, in they're at the muddy bottoms. Muddies, yeah. So exactly. that's what these people are like, these deep sea dredgers, which are horrible for the ocean. Yeah are running because it's just they're not getting their nets caught and they're destroying all these guys. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, do you see what they're doing in Florida? This is a side note. Uh-uh. So, so there's a bunch of illegal drag nets. Or not, it's weird. It's the gray area. Okay. So these drag nets on the bottom are gigantic nets, like two or three football fields wide, and they're just destroying all the life on the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And what these uh, a rich guy, and from my understanding... He's spray painting his company's logo on these gigantic rocks. I mean, like trailer home sized rocks. Okay. And he's putting them in the lane of these boats. Okay. In the ocean. He's got a big cargo ship and he's just pushing them off in front of these boats to get their nets snagged. On these rocks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, to save the bottom of the ocean. Oh, to stop their nets. Yeah. Okay. So literally, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of fighting about this story, and I haven't looked into it too greatly. But there's one video of him like driving his boat in front of like three or four of these nets. Like he, they're like two miles away from each other. You still see him. And you just see this guy launching these trailer home sized rocks Jeez. into the ocean. These megaliths. And he's just waving at those boats. So they got an option to pull up their nets or try to go around it. Yeah. And half the time you just see these boats try to just go around it. And then the net just stops and rips off. Yeah. Oh, good. And it's just like. Now we got a big net at the bottom. <laughs> but I mean, it's. It's catch twenty two, you know. Yeah, I know, I know. It's hard. <laughs> They'll just be back next week. I just think it's funny because that's kind of the stuff I'd probably do if I had Strum an ungodly rock. amount of money. Yeah, a strong like, big rock on it. My, hmm. I go to Stone Quarry and I just tell them, "Hey, every rock that is so big you guys don't want to deal with, I'll take off your hands for yeah. you." Yeah. And yeah. then just dump it in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'll show him. And he just spray paint. He spray paints his logo on him and everything. Yeah, so they definitely if know they it's ever, him. If they ever catch him, they pull him up. It's like, yeah, that's Jerry again. 
That scoundrel, the fiend. But hey, I mean, yeah, catch twenty two. Yeah, it's it's probably better than the nets. I guess, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous the netting and stuff like that. I'm sure he squashed a few. Uh, well, no, he didn't squash any harp sponges because those are in the Northwest Pacific Ocean. You said mm-hmm. not We're Florida, the Atlantic. Yeah. As far as we know. As far as we know, that's correct. Yeah. So the Pacific Coast of California gets a lot of deep sea study. Okay. Uh, because of stuff like the. Uh, Oh, gosh, Noah and stuff like that. Their headquarters, they mm. dive there pretty much like once a week. Okay. Uh, not saying they're not in the Atlantic. It's just the Atlantic doesn't have as much research in those zones. Right. When there's like literally these guys are diving pretty regularly in these deep, in these deep environments in the off the coast of California. And then they found them. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty they're, sweet looking. They're odd. How do they know they're a sponge, though? Like Specimens, they pull them up. All right, but sponges what? fit all kinds of body forms. Yeah, they don't look like a typical sponge at all. What do you think a typical sponge looks like? I don't know. I guess something kind of bulky looking and porous is, you know, my idea. So you know, sponges have skin before they get to the surface, and we remove the skin to make them a sponge. Oh, okay. I guess I don't know too much about sponges. So like the big barrel sponges uh, that are real famous for divers and stuff like that. Yeah. They're humongous. Yeah. They have like a skin on them. They're green. Mm. They don't look like so, SpongeBob. Yeah. So basically all those little tiny, like the bristles yeah. are actually like basically little tiny bones. They're not true bones, but they're like interlocking essentially bones. Okay. That we peel their skin off and then we use their bones to scrape our skin. Gotcha. That sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. No, sponges don't look like SpongeBob at the bottom of the ocean. So disappointing. Like the 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 loofah sponges that right, there's there's two types. There's the ones that come from a plant, right? And then the ones we pull off the ocean are like blobby. Yeah. Like like uh, you painting sponges and stuff like that are wild are animals. They're animal bodies, which right. is so weird to me. You're scrubbing yourself with a carcass. That or using them to paint and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's what they look like more naturally, and they—they're they, big blobby right. animals. Yeah, like uh, SpongeBob's parents. Yeah, more more so than SpongeBob himself. They're more true to form. Yep, that's been the Harp Sponge. The Harp Sponge. So on this freaky fauna, as you go into the weekend, look for the oddness in nature. Yeah, find you know uh, a a corpse that you can rub on your body and clean yourself with. It's very odd, but okay. <laughs> a sponge corpse. Throw a rock in front of an uh, oceanic fishing vessel. <laughs> if you can afford it, that is. Also, if you can afford that, please sponsor the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, please. If you can, yeah, if you can afford that, oh, we'll, we'll give you a good old ad right at the beginning and end of every Freaky Fauna. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll just talk about you for Freaky Fauna. Yeah, sh- yeah. We'll do an episode on one of my clones. I'm talking about the the guy that sponsors or the Oh, gal. gotcha. Yeah, we'll do that too. Yeah. They're freaky fauna. Okay. Spending 40 grand on a rock. <laughs> that is freaky. And then getting a big cargo ship to shoot it in the ocean because they use those cargo container loaders to even move them. Gee, well, you'd have to have something they, gigantic. Like, yeah. Jettis them into the ocean. It's the funniest videos. Everybody should look them up because the guy's just laughing the whole time he's doing it. It's something I would do if I had it's a like, bank account that I could never drain. It's like Lex Luthor stuff. Kinda, but he's diabolical in eco terrorism. Right, yeah. Hmm. It's like Captain Planet. That's better. It's more of the Rick and Morty Captain Plantina. Oh, okay. There you go. Where she starts, everybody stops listening to her. She starts just burning everybody. Yeah. There we boiled it down to that one. Or what's the uh? Oh, the actor that did. I think it was an SNL became Captain Planet. Oh gosh, I don't know. He's in some of the Tony Stark Marvel like. I don't know. Anyways. I've been the Great and Powerful Mystery. I've been Jay. (laughs) Have a good weekend, guys. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Freaky Fauna Friday. If you want to help the podcast grow, remember to share and give it a five-star review.